It feels like the perfect night for SwiftCast, the Taylor Swift podcast by the fans for the fans. Hey guys, welcome to this bonus episode of SwiftCast. This is Ashley. Haley. And Steph. And joining us today, we have some very special guests. You might remember that I did an appearance on their podcast a few weeks ago. So we have Tim and Carson from the I Heard That Was Good podcast. Hey. Hello. Thanks for having us on. We're, uh, you know, we're big fans of your podcast now ever since we're on that, you know, Thanksgiving episode of our hosting services podcast. And we, we loved it when Ashley was on and we're glad that we can be a part of your podcast now. We're happy to have you. Yes, we are. We're very excited. I think we can all agree that right now and in, in, in anywhere we are, it's cold, right? Very cold. Like it's cold. Like Denver's cold. Pittsburgh, everywhere, Chicago, everywhere else, Jackson, Mississippi, it's cold right now. Surprisingly, it is in Jackson. Today was the first day that people were actually like encouraged to go back to work and leave the house. Yeah, I saw some of those photos online and I would not have even moved from my bed. Well, look, you guys at least, like, are used to the cold. Here in Jackson, where we are, if it gets, like, 15 degrees, which it did this morning, people are freaking out. They're like, I don't know if I can drive in this. Well, there's no ice. <laughs> yeah. How, how can you not drive when it's 15 degrees? Completely dry. It was negative 11 when I took my daughter to school on Monday. Ugh. It was freezing. No way. So we thought this was the perfect opportunity to have Tim and Carson join us. Their podcast, as I mentioned, talks all about TV, movies, pop culture, things like that. And with this being the Golden Globes week, we thought that we could all talk about just our, some of our favorite appearances that Taylor's had in TV and movies in the past and all the exciting things she has coming up for the future and hopefully some exciting Golden Globes news to report. Well, I hope you guys don't hate me, but I, I really haven't seen anything she's been in. Like, I've seen YouTube clips, but that's about it. Like, that's that's me, Carson. I'm sorry about that. Tim's <laughs> seen everything, though. I haven't seen everything, but I do have a couple favorite, uh, like, Taylor Swift moments from the screen and soundtracks and, and stuff like that, that that I can go over right here if you guys want me to. Do you have an absolute favorite out of all of Taylor's things that you've seen? I wrote down, best thing she's ever done. That is literally a heading that I have on my notes right here. And it is... It's her New Girl cameo. I already like the show New Girl. Her cameo on that show was absolutely perfect. It, it, I knew she was going to be on the show, and it was still completely surprising. I felt like it was kind of self-deprecating in a way that I'd never seen her be before. It was sort of making fun of the character that the media has sort of created that's not really Taylor Swift, but, you know, the, the, the serial dater and things like that. And I laughed out loud so hard. It was just such a shock and a surprise, and it was so funny. That I think is the best thing she's ever done on screen. It 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 wasn't long. It was it was just it was perfect. I thought it was hilarious. I think that she did that role at the perfect time. Like she had been getting so much not negative attention, but just so many people poking fun at her at her for who she dates, which has always happened. But I feel like it had gotten especially bad at that time. And you know, they of course it wasn't a surprise that she was on it. They teased that she was going to be on it. And nobody knew exactly what her character was going to do. And then for them to write her into the show the way that she did, I remember somebody on Twitter, a tweet that I read when the show aired, said nobody makes fun of Taylor Swift like Taylor Swift. Yeah, to and that's what I mean. Like it was it was self deprecating in a way that I, I wasn't familiar with her being. And so you know, it referenced her being Taylor Swift with still being this new character that was, I don't know, just completely, it seemed completely rounded, even though she only had like one or two lines. I, I thought it was great. I think that's a great choice because 
I love Taylor, of course, uh, but I also love New Girl, so I was really excited about it, and I thought she delivered it so well. The one thing I have to say, though, is that um, they were the way they were building up before that episode aired, they made it seem like she was going to be the star of the episode, and then she only ended up having about 30 seconds, so I was a little disappointed that her character, who was so brilliant, didn't get more time. Yeah, maybe they'll bring her back, though. You know, that's totally possible. I mean, all those characters like Cece and, and her, the the person she was supposed to be marrying in that episode, and all of this, you know, could be brought back around. There's, you know, I mean, they brought back a character that was in the pilot that they got yeah. rid of, and now he's back. So yeah. it wouldn't that's surprise true. me if they did bring her back. And she'll have some time now that the tour's over and stuff like that. Yeah. The other thing I wrote down that is another one of my favorite things she's ever done is when she was on Saturday Night Live, uh, she did this sketch making fun of Twilight called Firelight. Oh, that, my God. That, yeah. that was great. <laughs> in, instead of, you have to watch it if you haven't seen it, but instead of vampires, it's Frankenstein monsters, and they're, like, in high school still, and she's doing, like, a pitch-perfect Bella Swan, biting her lip and all that. I almost forget that it was her in that sketch because she just sort of disappears into this uh, caricature of what What's-Her-Face does in that movie. Who's Bella Swan? I, why am I blanking Kristen on Stewart. This? Kristen Stewart, yeah. You know, the, the lip biting and everything like that. And it and it's so funny. And, and Bill Hader pulls off the hilarious, like, angsty teenage Frankenstein's monster. That, um, that, that That's another one of my favorite things she's ever done on screen. And that was so funny at the time, too, because it was rumored everywhere that she was dating Taylor Lautner. And then she just comes out with this ridiculous Twilight parody. Yeah, perfect. Look, I like Taylor. I, I think I think Taylor is like a class act in herself. She she does so much for fans every single year. She can make fun of herself. She can have fun, poke fun at herself. And so you know what I you know when when Murphy was telling me he was like we're gonna be on Swiftcast. I was like <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know what to talk about. But then I'm like you know what Taylor's a good person. So no matter what you say about her, you, she's always a good person. And that's just my saying. Yeah, not to get off topic, but I mean Swiftcast makes you want to talk about Taylor Swift. Yeah. Like we're not ta- we weren't Taylor Swift Thank fans you. before. Listen, but. <laughs> I mean, you guys, I'm I'm thinking about Taylor Swift now so often. Like, I have... It's creepy. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's weird for me. I'm like, I think, I, I'm thinking of stuff. i like, oh, I wonder what the SwiftCast people would think about this. Like, I'm, I'm going to tweet them this question, and maybe they'll talk about it on, on SwiftCast. And I'm like, this is so out of character for me. But you guys make me want to like... Because I like the way you guys fantasize about her not in a weird way or a creepy way but you're like you know at the end of the show you're like what's taylor gonna do next week or what you know what do you think taylor's gonna do for her birthday or what do you think and it's not it's not creepy or weird in a way that you know you're you're writing like weird erotic fan fiction about her or something but it's in a way that's like i feel like i i feel like she's my friend so i can talk about what she's gonna do and i'm i'm i've only listened to like a handful of episodes but I feel this. I already feel the same way. I'm like, you know, it, it's just weird. Well, and to your listeners of SwiftCast, we're, if you guys don't know us, we're radio hosts in Jackson, Mississippi. That's what we do. So now every time Taylor Swift comes on our radio station here, I'm like, SwiftCast, SwiftCast, <laughs> SwiftCast. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> that, that's our master plan. Our, our plan is working. No offense, I haven't said it on air yet, but <laughs> I, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I wonder what they would do if this song was on in their town right now. Yeah. So sorry to get up on that tangent, but. And then I found out you guys don't listen to Top 40 Radio, so <laughs> there you go. No, I said I used to listen to it more when I drove. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Do you mean just when a random Taylor song comes on on the radio? I think if you guys, yeah, when a, ra- yeah, when a random Taylor song comes on, I'm just like Swift cast. For me, anytime a random song comes on, I freak out just because it's Taylor on the radio. <laughs> I get really excited. It's so different. Yeah, it really never wears off. So do you get like the typical teen girl thing? Like, oh, Taylor! 
Like that? Uh, I just get really excited and it just, it makes my day. It's so different when you can just listen to a CD, but then when it comes on the radio, because people are requesting it and people want to hear it, it's just so exciting. Especially when it's a song that they don't play all the time. Like right now, country radio plays red, you know, pretty frequently. But then a few weeks ago, I was in the car and You Belong With Me came on and I completely flipped out because they never play that song. Yeah. There's a reason we do all this, but uh, <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast. You know, it's like when we talk about this sometimes where, you know, I, I get stuff on DVD and I never watch it. And then I, I but I'll watch it when it's on TV. You know, like, I don't know if I've ever watched my Star Wars DVDs, but it's one of my favorite movies. And whenever it's on Spike, I'll watch that all the time. It's kind of like it's those movies that you can watch over and over again. It's like, yeah, I've heard this Taylor song a million times. I can't wait till a million and one. I can't wait till the next time I hear it. You know, my thing I get, I always get excited is when I flip channels, like when one of my radio stations goes to a commercial break. Uh, and I switch to the next one, and it's playing Taylor. I'm like, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> you have a connection. It's like we synced up right then and there. Yeah, it's a sixth sense. A song that's played too much on the radio, I'm like, ugh. And I switch to the next one, I'm like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> it's your swift sense. But you know what's funny? It, it's funny when we talk to listeners like that, and they go, I'm so sick of this song, this song. But then you put on your iPod, and you listen to that same song over and over again. So it's like it's exactly. it's yeah. funny that we we play the same thing over and over again, but then you all do the same thing, or you guys do the same Y'all. thing, depending <laughs> on what region you're in. <laughs> and and that's the funny thing to me. It just it always cracks me up. People are like, "You play Taylor Swift way too much," and I'm like, "Okay, what's on your pod? Or what's on your iPod, Taylor Swift?" <laughs> I think that's what we would classify here on Swiftcast as a Swifty problem. Swifty problems. Ah, <laughs> I'm gonna come up with a bunch of different Swifty things now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm, you're going to because the more you listen to this, the more you're going to start thinking about Taylor Swift. It's it's the weirdest thing. <laughs> I, I you know I, I only have one. I have a couple more things written down here that are some of my favorite appearance. Well, I don't know about these. Don't qualify as appearances, but um, I do like from the Hunger Games soundtrack. She you know she's got had a couple of songs on on soundtracks, and her song with uh, the Civil Wars on the first Hunger Games soundtrack, Safe and Sound, is pretty incredible. I mean that is a a pretty good song, um, and it's a great addition to like an already great movie soundtrack that had like arcade fire the decemberist nico case glenn hansard and and um the, the taylor swift song on there i think is great Do you guys like safe and sound yeah. oh yeah definitely and eyes open the other song that she had on that soundtrack right i forgot about that that one we did play we for did a play little bit one, yeah, yeah i forgot about that one yeah is there a taylor actually, song that you don't prefer well i was gonna first i was gonna say i prefer eyes open over safe and sound i think eyes open is underrated and I was really upset that Taylor didn't have another song on the latest Hunger Games soundtrack. Mm-hmm. See, I would say one of my favorite right now is Everything Has Changed. That's still one of my favorite Taylor Swift songs right now. I don't know why, but it is. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a great one. Are you playing the remix on your station right now? No, we tend to play the originals. I don't like when stuff has dance beats behind it. And oh, <laughs> I didn't know they released a remix of that. Is that what it is? No, I don't not, think so. Uh, but... Not a dance remix. It's just sort of like a remastered version of the song uh, oh i see we may be there there's like four different uh, different versions that like came out and one of them was a dancey one i'm like no this one just has um ed's part in it a little bit longer he sings more of it than what taylor does oh we might be i don't know if we're playing that so that's all you know those are those are the the big things that i wrote down um about you know some of my favorite taylor swift appearances that's all i've written down did either of you guys have a, a taylor song that you don't prefer 
uh, the t the Tim McGraw one. I, I'm just not uh, maybe because of the same thing like you said. It just got played so much that I, that's just the one that I never got. Are you talking about Highway Don't Care? No, no, no. Tim McGraw. Tim McGraw. Oh, no, Highway Don't Care. I love that song. Okay. Yeah. No, I love I love the other one. What about you guys? <laughs> yeah. So you're asking if we have a song we don't prefer. Prefer. Wow. For me, it changes um, depending on what I'm going through. Like, I used to not like Sad, Beautiful, Tragic until I went through a similar thing. And then I'm just like, oh, my God, this song is amazing. It made me actually appreciate the song. So probably like your favorite, your least favorite probably changes a lot, too. I think so. And I think that's what Taylor's good at doing, and I think that's why she hits so many different types of people. Like, you were telling us before we started recording that uh, that there's a girl that's a Swifty over 50. <laughs> and, yes. and, you know, that's, yeah, I think Taylor has a way of, like, nailing everybody's emotions into a song. And they may de the song may point at a different emotion, but it always comes back to a certain emotion, and you've all felt that emotion. Yeah. And I think that's why, you know, people of all ages, guys, whoever, like, even if you're not... The exact character who exactly perfectly lines up with everything she describes in the song. The general emotion of the song is so universal that that's why it appeals to so many people. Well, I'm going to marry her. So there you go. <laughs> I'm ser no, that, I'm serious. That I'm resolution serious. just changed. <laughs> Carson's resolution to meet Taylor Swift this year just changed big time. Like, I, I do want to meet her because I think what she does for her fans is an amazing thing. And, and anybody that's that nice to their fans when they've made it to that stardom, because a lot of people you see get real big like that, that they just forget about their fans. And mm -hmm. she has yet to do that. So, bravo, Taylor. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to get married. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> uh, what, what are some of your guys, what are your favorite Taylor screen moments? Well, back to SNL, one of my favorite things Taylor has ever done in her whole career is the monologue song that she performed on SNL. That was great. Mm -hmm. I do remember that. But I have that like as an actual song that I listen to on my iPod. That's how much I love it. <laughs> the only thing I really remember from that is when she said something about I'm doing just fine or something like that. Oh, and yeah. she waved hi Joe or something like that. Is, <laughs> yep. Am I remembering yep. that correctly? Yeah. Yep. Yes. Basically she just listed every single thing that people made fun of and made it really, really funny. Yeah. But I won't talk about that now in my monologue song. Right. And SNL usually writes the monologue for each guest, but Taylor just wanted to do it on her own, and I thought that was so awesome. Yeah, you can always tell when the host has written their own monologue on that show, which I, which I always really appreciate, because they don't have to let them do that. You know what I mean? Well, I really liked um, when Taylor was a voice for Audrey in The Lorax. When I was a kid, I read The Lorax, and I always really liked it. And then I found out they were making a movie of it, and Taylor was going to be a voice. So I actually went to see it in the theater several times Whoa. because I was so excited, and I was surrounded by all these little kids. I just wanted to, to hear Taylor, and I thought she did a great job. And I liked the way the movie was done, too. So how many times did you see it? I think three. She seems like she'd be well-suited to animation because she's like very young and energetic and... and a good voice, I think, for, for voice work like that. I almost didn't even recognize her when she was actually in there. I'm like, really? That's Taylor's voice? What? <laughs> I'm going to watch it again just to double check. Yeah. <laughs> like, she changed her mannerisms up a little bit. But some of it, you're just like, yep, that's Taylor. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's one thing that I read about. Like, I'd never seen Valentine's Day, but that was her first big major on-screen role. I think a lot of people expected her to, like, 
take off after that and as far as acting goes but a lot of the reviews that i remember reading about that was that it wasn't particularly well directed and it was such an ensemble cast that she didn't really get a chance to you know really spread her wings and, and they were like under you know under someone who can like really direct her in a way i think that she's gonna thrive as an actress because she has such a, a nice energy and a youthful energy about her i forgot i saw that movie yeah i've never seen it yeah so. there were so many big names and so many different plots that yeah i think her character just got lost easy to get lost yeah and her character was just a teenage girl in high school who was supposed to act it's like they didn't give her a challenging part either mm-hmm yeah, there's no no time for anybody to round out their character in that movie. Because that's it's where all... her and Taylor Lautner met, right? Yes. <laughs> I know something. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I really enjoyed that movie, and I was really excited to see Taylor. Again, kind of like New Girl, you know, it built her up so much. She's going to be in this. She's going to be in this. And then I was like, oh, she barely got any screen time. Mm. Yeah, I felt the same way. I had to go the opening weekend, and I was just kind of disappointed. But I still thought she did a great job. I'm very, very excited to see The Giver when it comes out. I believe, did we get a release date? August, August or something? 14th. I think it was August. Oh, right, because I was talking about how Taylor is so sweet to release it right around my birthday. She's nice like that. Yeah, that one sounds, I mean, that sounds incredible. This sounds like the kind of movie that she can really, you know, flourish in because people like Meryl Streep and Jeff Bridges that are in this movie, I mean, it can't not be incredible with, with those two names in it. And then you add someone like Taylor who's sort of, you know, still new to acting. I think she's really going to be brought up to that level that they're at. You know, they're going to, those seem like actors that, that work well with, with anybody. And she's and Katie Holmes is in it too. So, I mean, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a great cast for that. So mm-hmm. she either will do really good or barely get any screen time again. And that's the other thing that you worry about. You're like, wow, how am I going to even share the screen with Meryl Streep? Can you imagine the, the, the challenge and just the daunting task that's in front of you? Like, wow, I have to act in a scene with, oh, only Meryl Streep, three-time Oscar winner, Meryl Streep. That's all. Well, I know that when she first announced that she was going to do the movie, she said that the reason why she chose it was because, A, because of the cast, and B, because it was a small enough role that she had time to do it, but still a big enough movie for her to feel like it was the right next step for her acting career. So even if her part doesn't end up being big, because who knows what it'll get edited down to, the movie itself, I think just being based on the book and with the cast and all the buzz it's getting is going to be so big that I think it'll be it'll open a lot of doors for her for any acting she wants to do. Hey, if Murphy knows anything about being edited out, he is definitely the person. <laughs> Murphy spent all day on the set for The Help, the movie, and he was edited out. So, yeah. Well, his hands are in the movie. My hands are in the, and if you look at the scene where they're eating oysters in a, in a restaurant, uh, here in Jackson, where they filmed the movie, you can see my some hands moving in the background. That's me. There I am. The cutting <laughs> we'll room go floor. Watch it. <laughs> yeah, check it out. <laughs> uh, do, what do you guys know about the Secret Service? Because when I was looking up, I just wanted to like make sure I wasn't missing anything as far as her credits go. I saw that she's rumored to be in this movie called The Secret Service with Samuel L. Jackson and Colin Firth. It's directed by Matthew Vaughn, who I think is a great director. He did X Men: First Class and and other things like that. Do you guys know anything about this movie? I think that was. I don't think there's been any confirmation on that. That rumor was going around at the same time as The Giver, and then she confirmed The Giver, so we just figured that was the only one she was doing. But who knows? She likes to surprise us. Lots of other musicians like uh, Lady Gaga and Adele, they they have credits that are also rumored to be in this movie, so it makes me think there's maybe like a concert scene or something like that where maybe some action takes place and some people are on stage or maybe an award show or something like that. But 
but it, when you go on IMDb, it still says rumored next to most people's names. But that should be in a good movie anyway. It's, it was written by um, Jane Goldman, who also uh, did X-Men First Class and The Debt and stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, because I mean, Elton John's rumored to be in it. David Beckham, yeah, yeah, so. like a lot of there must be like a party scene or a concert scene or something like that. If it's even true that that people these people are in it, there is a movie that for months and months and months people are saying Taylor's going to do it. Taylor's going to do it, and I believe the name of it was Girls Like Us. It's a movie about. Are they still even making that movie? I don't really know what's going on with it now. I think it's on hold. Um, somebody asked Taylor about it like a couple months ago, and she said. She couldn't confirm anything about it. It just says it's in development, according uh. to IMDb. So, <laughs> Yeah, all I knew about it was that it was supposed to be sort of the autobiography of Joni Mitchell. Okay, that's, that's sounding kind of familiar. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was also supposed to include... Was it supposed to include other singers like Carly Simon and Joni Mitchell? And Taylor was supposed to play Joni. Yeah, and so there was a lot of rumors going around Carly Simon was a guest on the Red Tour and Taylor had a secret message on one of the songs on Red that was rumored to have to do with Joni Mitchell so people seemed pretty confident she was going to do the movie but we'll just have to see if it ever happens I think it would be really cool I think that would be like the breakout breakout role for her well, I'm more excited to see her role than Nicki Minaj in her upcoming movie with, uh, what is she in? She's, it's her and a bunch of other people. Oh, I haven't even heard of this. Yeah, it's horrible. So oh, yeah, yeah it's supposed awful. to be out this year. <laughs> I didn't even know she was doing a movie. No. Cameron Diaz is in it. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Count me out of all of this. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, in other upcoming news, the movie that Taylor wrote the song for, Sweeter Than Fiction, for the movie One Chance, that movie is supposed to be coming out in the U.S. anytime now. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that does since it's about the British Got Talent. It wasn't he on Britain's Got Talent? Yeah. Wasn't he that guy? Yeah. Or was yeah. He, was he, did he win yeah. it? Okay. Yeah. Um, it'll, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that does. The song is great, though. I mean, I love the sound of it. I love how it's kind of like new wavy. Um, I don't know. It reminds me a little of Aha. You know, it, it, it reminds me a little bit of the OMD song, If You Leave. I hear a little, you know, some notes. That you know, not it's not a ripoff, but it just reminds me of of that song, Breakfast Club kind of sound. I may be getting out of the age demo now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Breakfast with Club. all those ref, with all those references to OMD and Aha and the Breakfast Club. But anyway, I I dig that sound for her, and I, I think it I think it suits her. It's a good song. It's got some uh, you know it's got some heavy um, competition for the Golden Globes, but I think it's got as good a shot as any because there hasn't been a re- really been a standout. You know, Disney's always a favorite there in this Inside Lewin Davis movie. Um, but she's a dark horse for that category. I think she could swoop in. Well, look, the Swifty over 50 will understand everything we were just talking about right there, right? <laughs> I know that we're all really, really nervous because I think it's January 16th that the Oscar nominations are coming out, and Sweeter Than Fiction was on the list of songs that could possibly getting nominated. So I don't think the list is going to look too different from what you see at the Golden Globes. I mean, you got Frozen, you got Inside Lewin Davis. They might get another nomination because it's such a musical-heavy movie, um, but you know, the, the hunger Games song from Coldplay, the Mandela song from U2 and, and her song. I mean, that, that seems like a pretty solid five pack and, and there's, there's no one that even, there's no rule that even says that there has to be X amount of songs in the category. If you remember a couple of years ago, I think there was two or three songs nominated from in the song category, or maybe only two. There was one from the Muppet movie and one from Rio. And I think that was it. So, you know, there's no rule that says they have to have X amount of so- uh, songs in any category. So. Um, but you know that's a pretty good, pretty good shoe, and I would say. Well, there was no rule that anybody had to ever win the Pinnacle Award. They decided to give that to Taylor. 
Yeah, so take that, Murphy. There you go. <laughs> All right. Jeez. I don't know if you guys saw the CMA Awards this past year, but that was what I was talking about. I did. Yeah, I saw it. I did remember. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. So they know, I mean, the Pinnacle Award, they don't have to ever give it to anybody. The last person they gave it to was, was it Garth Brooks? Yeah, it was Garth Brooks seven years ago. I don't know, I did I did see that because there was that long um uh intro to that award of like people like Justin Timberlake saying congratulations and things like that is that is, am I is that yeah. right yeah, yep. yeah I would've been okay with it. if I was her not getting that award cuz it's like man I've reached the pinnacle at 23 that means it's all downhill from here is that what you guys are saying you know <laughs> <laughs> right like how daunting is that like oh great well thanks for the pinnacle award what am I supposed to do now now she's going to go Chris Gaines herself yeah now I've got to create a crazy Chris Gaines character <laughs> If you guys even know what we're talking about right oh, yeah. there. I don't know who that is. I'm I sorry. don't either. <laughs> Google it. You'll, Google it. It's a mu- it, Okay, long story short, Garth Brooks wanted to do a rock CD, so he changed his name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, now he changed his name to Chris Gaines. Yeah, yeah everyone's tried to forget Chris Gaines. But I haven't. <laughs> Did that happen in the 90s? Probably, right? Yeah, Early late, 90s? Yeah, late 90s, because I remember 90s? walking around the mall, and it was like, Garth Brooks is now, and then the picture changed, Chris, Chris Gaines. Gaines. So I remember that. That would be funny if Taylor tried to do that. She tried to become like a heavy metal artist or, or a rapper. Oh, my there God. Well, go. We know she loves rapping, yeah, she and she's good at it, yeah. yeah. she Like, Taylor Swift is now Little T. Or, <laughs> she's T-Swizzle. T-Swizzle. Yeah. yeah, and then she puts out a whole rap CD, see? I would listen to that. And then she can be her own opening act at her concerts. <laughs> that would be awesome. That you would be said incredible. that some of her record you said that some of her management's listening. These are ideas right here, Taylor, all and, right? And you owe us a billion dollars if you use yes. them. Yes. Okay. Write the check to Tim and Carson in Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> as much as like people like to joke about, you know, she's at the pinnacle, it's all downhill from here. I think that actually is her biggest sort of fear and insecurity that she deals with with herself is can this album, can this tour really top the last one? Are people still interested? Like she said a few times, like when I get to the point where I can tell that nobody's really that into what I'm doing anymore, I'm just going to bow out. Like I'm not going to keep making music just for the sake of, you know, forcing it down people's throats, basically. Honestly, I'm surprised that she's even coming out on an album this year because Red was so huge. And you guys were talking about it on, on your last episode of the year that it was just such a big era for her and, and almost a game changer in her career that I wouldn't have been surprised if she pulled a Timberlake and like disappeared from music for like 10 years and did other oh, stuff. Oh, don't say that. That's our I, I know. I, I, <laughs> I was really worried about that after Red was so huge. I was really worried that we weren't going to have a new album from her for years. Yeah, but luckily we're, we're, we're getting one this year. What I think she's going to do is give us some, some more of what Red sounded like and then I think after that, She's going to, like, draw way back. And I think she should work. I don't know if she's ever worked with him before. I think she should uh, get Rick Rubin to produce her, maybe not her next album, but the one after that. I don't know if you guys know who that is. He Like, he produced um, a lot of Eminem's last CD. But what he's really known for is, like, those Johnny Cash CDs when he was, like, nearing the end of his life. And they were just, like, stripped down and raw. And you could just hear the emotion. I think she would, I would love to hear her just, like really go because she already you know uses a lot of emotion in her songs but just really go for broke yeah he and did hurt with uh johnny cash he did that song hurt yeah. one of my favorite johnny cash songs ever just strip it way back down you know and i think that would be really Her awesome and a guitar because johnny cash was just him and a piano wasn't it in that song there was a couple guitars. there was some swells of yeah uh, yeah but but mostly it's it's all just very bare bones production i i think that would be really awesome that is probably like 
that's probably our dream come true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned this because there was just an article today. Taylor was interviewed with a UK magazine and they asked her if she would ever just do a show with her and her guitar. And she said she would never say never. And it just gave me a little bit of hope that someday that will happen. That sounds like that movie Pure Country with George Strait. Wasn't it him? Yeah. Where he like he got to be he played this character called Dusty and he got to be such a big artist that, you know, it was he just got he he stood up there one in one of his shows because it was lights and fireworks and all this kind of stuff. And he stood up there and missed a whole part of the song on purpose and not a single person in the crowd even noticed. Mm. And so he finally like went away for a while. He came back and he was like, All right, here's the deal. I'm just gonna get up on stage with my guitar and do a show that way. One of my favorite movies. Yeah, there you go. Somebody else knew what I was talking about. <laughs> he basically ran away from his own tour. Yeah, exactly. I am, and yeah, and they put in an imposter, so we're gonna have a Taylor imposter there for a while. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> that well, that reminds me of what almost just happened in Australia. Yeah, that would have been cool. Uh, what happened? The power went out. The power right. went out I in remember the stadium, you, I heard you guys talk about and that. yeah, they couldn't. They weren't sure if they were going to be able to get it back. I was taking a while. So she came out and was talking to the crowd and was just like, hey, so if this is happening, um, if they can't fix it, I'm just going to get my guitar and play a whole acoustic show. Hope that's okay. Yeah, and she could have had cell phones light up the stage. Like you just point, everybody turn on your light and there you go. That would have been incredible. You know, I've been lucky to see her in concert so many times. But the first time I ever saw her was in 2009. So I missed out on some of the early years when she played a lot more intimate shows. So I really hope that she goes back to that and I get to see an acoustic show of hers one day. Yeah, that'd be cool if she, you know, instead of playing big shows, played a week at smaller venues in, in big cities like Jackson, Mississippi. Like Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will, I will, I will be totally surprised if we ever see her in Jackson, but you know, something like the beacon theater, the size of the beacon theater in New York, or um, you know, I'm sure there's some like great mid-level venues in, in Chicago or, or, you know, LA and places like that where, you know, you can fit maybe a thousand or two people in there, but it's not going to be 10,000, you know? Well, one time at CMA Fest, the head of her record label, Scott Borchetta, was doing a Q&A, and I asked him, I said, do you think Taylor would ever play at Joe's Bar, which is a country bar here in Chicago that also has a huge like performance area that holds you know, several hundred people? And he said, I think if she ever did that, the building would explode. <laughs> probably. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you're probably right. You know where it would be great to see her? I'm sure she's played before, the Grand Ole Opry. Has she done that in Nashville? I'm sure she has, yeah. right? Not in a long time. Yeah. I hope she goes back sometime. But even that, like, if they announce her ahead of time, it'll just be a mob scene. It would have to be a surprise. Yeah. Well, I guess she's not as big. Well, she was just getting off a kind of a big tour. But we saw, I was able to buy tickets to Carrie Underwood at the Grand Ole Opry, like, two or three days before. And they were just fine. See, I mean, there's not a bad seat in that venue. And, uh, and true, you know, you only, when you go see the regular show, they only play like three or four songs. The headliner does anyway. Um, everybody else plays like one or two, right. but that would still be a cool way to see her. I'm just thinking, cause I saw Keith Urban play there and that was my first time at the Opry. And usually I think if you're seated on the main floor, they let you walk up near the stage, like up to a certain point. So you can kind of get closer and take some pictures and stuff. I just don't feel like. Anything like that can ever safely happen when Taylor is playing. Because people, not that people don't love Keith Urban or Carrie Underwood, but Taylor fans are just such fanatics that I just 
I honestly don't think it's safe for her to play shows like that. Yeah, and it, it, the Opry is such an old school place. I mean, there's still guys, like, the, the people that would be opening for it would be, like, these 80-year-old country stars who are celebrating, like, <laughs> right. their 60th year in the, as a member of the Opry. And they'd be like, what in the world is going on? <laughs> what is going on <laughs> right, here? Right, exactly. No, that's exactly what would happen. Yeah. Like, this girl is younger than my great-granddaughters. Oh, it's killing me that I can't think of his name. The The singer that I saw, he was, like, about 90 years old. He's still alive. He's at the Opry. Yeah. He's really, well, really short. So. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be weird if he wasn't. I'm just It'll saying. Wheel him out. <laughs> no, he's he's really he's really short. What's his name? I can't think of it. Does anybody know who I'm talking know. about? Jimmy Dickens. Yes, that's who it is. Little Jimmy Dickens. Yes, he was one of the openers hey, for Keith Urban. They brought him out weekend of Bernie style. <laughs> he was just shook him around. Yep, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, I mean. I really hope that that happens. But even if she does an acoustic album, I think she would still have to keep it to large venues just for the security aspect. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Well, boo, you just ruined my other dream <laughs> of her coming to Jackson. <laughs> boo. I'm killing all your dreams tonight. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, even Johnny Cash is like, I'm going to Jackson. So yeah. there you go. See? Yeah, a whole song about it. Taylor, if you're listening, please go to Jackson and see our friends. Thank you. Oh, that would be so awesome. <laughs> that worked and marry me we have we have little messages <laughs> That's to optional, Taylor on optional. every episode just in case <laughs> so they're just ruined the chances with me proposing to her on your podcast of Swiftcast. <laughs> yeah thank you guys for letting us be part of this, this oh has yeah been, this has been a fun time i mean it's not every day murphy and i get to sit here and talk for an hour about taylor swift oh yeah this has been a blast oh you sound so sincere right now <laughs> now you get a you got a little bit of we, what we do every day yeah, totally. And this is really cool because it's like, who'd have thought that like Taylor Swift would bring like us together? Like, I I've never met Haley, I've never met Steph or Ashley, but now I'm like, hey, I could talk to them about Taylor Swift anytime. Yeah, we've got a little partnership, a little podcast partnership. Before you guys go, do you have any movie recommendations for our listeners? Uh, I haven't seen you know a lot of the stuff that's getting Oscar attention that's towards the end of the year. I haven't seen yet, like American Hustle or Wolf of Wall Street or anything like that. Um, but for the Golden Globes, 12 Years a Slave is one of the ones that leads the way with nominations. They got seven along with American Hustle. Uh, I think Carson enjoyed American Hustle. We just talked I about did. that on our, our podcast episode that dropped uh, this week. But what's the uh, what's the top movie right now? Frozen? Uh, Frozen, yeah, which I yeah. haven't seen. I love we that. both like The Hobbit. Yeah, it looks incredible. You like a lot of kid movies, apparently. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a mom. But that, well, there you go. But that movie... I, I go see a lot of kids' movies. This is the first one I would leave at my daughter at home and go watch myself. It, that's what I've heard. It's, the parents love it, too. It's got a lot of... See, and I want to go see it, but it would. I, I feel like I would just be creepy going <laughs> to a kid's movie by myself and watching it. You would. And I think three weeks is too young to bring our daughter, so we'll have to wait for, yeah. for a video or something like that. My favorite movie of last year, because I just, I just went over my, uh, my top 11 movies on this recent... Uh, podcast episode that uh, came out my favorite movie of last year was prisoners which is kind of scary it's very intense you know but uh it was just an incredible it's, i think it's getting totally snubbed by all the i hope the oscars don't make the mistake of of say snubbing like hugh jackman or, or even giving this a best picture nod because i've never had an, I've, it's been a long time since i've had an experience like that in the movies and uh so I, I would recommend prisoners which is now out on dvd and and on demand and all that good stuff okay that's good to know i miss i completely missed that movie I don't even remember seeing it's any intense. previews. 
It's got uh, Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, Jake. Our good friend Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> no, it's cool. <laughs> Would you mind if we do a little bit of a shout-out to our plug ourselves here? Go ahead. No, go for it. Oh Well, you can always um, – we're on iTunes, as, uh, as you guys are as well. Uh, so just search for I Heard That Was Good, or you can go to IHeardThatWasGood.com and find all of our episodes there. And we're on Twitter, at I Heard That Was GD. There you go. Follow them. Yes, definitely follow them. And they promise that they'll get on Twitter more so they can actually respond to you. <laughs> That's yeah, right. You guys are at 2,000, which you're complaining about. We're at 21 people. Is so, that what you, did you just no, look it I up? don't know. Oh, okay. I'm just guessing. I would have we're... believed you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have not even half of what you guys have, so there you go. Well, you guys should definitely follow them, and this was really fun. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thank we you. We had a great time as well. We'll come back anytime. And we, we look forward to having you guys. You know, Maybe we'll have to have one of you guys on again when uh, when uh, The Giver comes out. Definitely. Yeah. That's oh, nice. yes, for sure. Sweet. That'd be awesome. Well, I just can't wait for Steph's cat to come on our show. <laughs> was that, is, that, is that what that was? Like, before we started recording, you hear this. Yeah, she wanted to be on. I think it was Haley's cat. <laughs> that, that would be Lenny. Oh, then Haley's full of, like, background noise then. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I just have a dog that howls. I don't have a cute cat purring on my computer. Which was awesome, so I'm just saying. Yeah, it was. All right. Well, thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in, and we will talk to you guys soon. SwiftCast is no way affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Records, or 13 Management.